and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by regular pod of the Sunday Mail's Scott McDermott. On the pod today we look back over a fine 2-0 win over Aberdeen at Ibrox that lifts Rangers above the Dons and into second place. We banged on and on and on about Derek McInnes, so time for reflection, we ask did we call it wrong? And we give a complete overview of all the latest transfer activity as Mark Allen and Graham Murty enjoy a fruitful window so far. Scott, you were at the game last night. I watched it on the telly. Pretty impressive. It was indeed, Johnny. Um, and I think going into the game, no, there was a there was a slight danger for Rangers because there's been so much positivity surrounding the club, um, probably since the the old firm draw at Celtic Park. That last night. No, they could fall flat in their face. I mean, since that Celtic game, um, they had a good training camp, obviously, in America. Uh, I think most people agree, as you say, it's been a pretty fruitful transfer window for them so far. I don't think there's too many people... um, I've I've got too too many negative things to say about any of the signings, really, that have come in. Um, The Fraser Brigade being called off last week, there was a a bit of pressure. I mean, I heard a few pundits on the radio last night before the game saying they felt uh, Aberdeen would have the advantage going into it just because they'd had the, the St Mirren game, um, just in terms of you know, that kind of match sharpness, if you like. Um, but you have to say, apart from a kind of a a ropey 10 minutes at the end of the game, when Rangers were already 2-0 up and had, had, had done the job, uh, it was a pretty, pretty impressive, pretty convincing display for Rangers, I thought they were fully merited the, the win, uh, could have scored a couple more, I know Wes Fodring had a couple of saves towards the end, but no, Rangers were well well worthy of the three points, and considering Graham Murty, A, has a lot of injuries, a lot of guys out, and B, had to give you no know, first starts to, to three of the new signings, along with Jason Cummings coming off the bench. Um, he'll be absolutely thrilled to get to get a two 0 win, make it three wins over Aberdeen on the trot, and uh, leapfrog them in the in the Premiership. I've got to give you credit, Scott, because at the time probably people would have raised eyebrows, but I remember on a Sunday Mail column going back a few months, you said Rangers have better players than Aberdeen yeah. now. That went against the grain. If you went on Twitter and looked at what the pundits were saying, almost everyone was saying Aberdeen are favourites for second. But you called it, and I think they showed that last night, didn't they? Yeah. Ultimately. You go through the list of players in the team, it's hard to pick a, a failure. Yeah, I, I think Rangers have shown that in the last three games against Aberdeen. Aberdeen have now lost five of their last six games against Rangers, which is a, a poor record. Um, I know, listen, we know Rangers have have got resources, no, probably more resources than, than Aberdeen. So, um, But no, from where Aberdeen have been, really strong in the Premiership, second behind Celtic the last couple of years for them to lose five at the last six against Rangers. I'm sure even Derek McInnes would say that's no it's no good enough. Um and I've always I've believed that now for the last kind of twelve to eighteen months at Rangers player by player uh are better. It's just a, it was just a case of getting getting that out of them. And unfortunately for the Rangers fans, Pedro Cachina um, kind of failed miserably to do so, but I I agree with you. I think when you look at the the lineups last night, e- even look at the the new signings coming in. I mean, I look at Aberdeen's defence, and without saying Russell Martin is a world beater, 
I think it's fair to say he would walk into that Aberdeen defence. No disrespect to guys like Anthony O'Connor or, or Andy Considine, but Derek McInnes would be would be crying out for a guy like, like Russell Martin at the back. Um, even you know, Jamie Murphy's another example, a Premier League player, effectively. If Aberdeen could go and get a guy like that, Derek McInnes would, would bite your hand off. So, no, I, th- I think they've proved in the last three games that Murty's been in charge of that no, can I pl- Aberdeen have got some good players, but I think overall Rangers are stronger. Well, just touching on those new new players, uh, the guy that particularly impressed me was Sean Goss. Only six games for a professional club in the past in his career, and I thought he looked like a guy that's been playing for a long time. He's got quality on the ball. There's these lovely drilled passes that he does. He's got without any backlift in the ball. He saunters around that midfield, but a physical presence, just looks really, really neat and tidy, and the kind of guy that can maybe open teams up from deep. Some of his balls into the, the front man um, yeah. over the top were excellent as well, so he's won 500 grand. That 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 looks like QPR have won a watch with that. It's just a question of whether or not Rangers can seal something at the end of the season. Definitely. I mean, of all the, the January signings, he was the kind of... Kinda, no, least glamorous of them all, if you like, for want of a better expression. I think a lot of Rangers fans maybe thought he's a young guy coming in for QPR, he's had injury problems in the past. When we're midfielders are fit, no, he might struggle to might struggle again, might be more of a squad player. No, he's been slightly fortunate, Goss, in the sense that Rangers have got so many midfielders out. No, Ross McCrory, Ryan Jack, Graham Dorans, Jordan Rossiter. So he's went straight in there. Um but obviously I watched him for the first time uh, in America at, at the Florida Cup and right from the off, right for that first game against the uh, Atletico Mineiro, you just thought, this boy's, this boy's got something. I think it's more his, I think, no, what what kind of took you back was the the stature of him. No, I know people have compared him to, to Michael Carrick no, when he signed for Rangers. No, listen. If he's half the career Carrick's had, he'll be doing. He'll be doing brilliant. But you can't get away from the fact that that's how he plays the game. He's got he's got the same kind of stature and physique as Carrick. Granted, he's left-footed, but he plays the game in the same way. Great range of passing, composure, calmness on the ball, um, and it's very early days. But he looks like a. Well, he looks like a great addition for them in, in the middle of the park. And when, when Rangers do get the... When Graham Murty does get these these midfielders back eventually, you know, what a job he's going to have trying to pick try to pick two or three um, to start in, in any given game. Do you think, from what you've seen, that Sean Goss looks like a, a first-team pick at the moment? At the moment he does, yeah. I mean... Listen, it's only a couple of performances, as I say. We don't know how he's going to do when he's going to have no. to put a bit of digging, yeah, like a Pataudry away. That's the yeah, question mark. That exactly, remains. because he's a, he's a ball player, clearly. Yeah. No, he's quite no, he's quite silky. Uh, no, and he does like to pass it. He does like to go and get it off centre-backs and, and build attacks. As you say, on a Tuesday night at Tynecastle, when, when Hearts and their, their crowd are, are right on top of you, you're not going to get a chance to play. I mean, we've seen that with Mark Warburton's team's going to... Going to Tynecastle. <coughs> Remember, Mark Warburton started Max Rooks in a game at Tynecastle, and I don't think we've seen him. <laughs> we've seen him since. So, no, that that will be a big test for him going to a place like that. But the early signs are very good, and as I say, he's only played a couple of games. But I mean, he'd be he'd be one of the first names on on Murty's team sheet at the moment. I would imagine. How much of it 
last night was down to a great Rangers performance and how much of it was down to a bad Aberdeen performance. It's hard to tell because Aberdeen just didn't seem to turn up. Okay, they had a few chances when they threw caution in the wind and put the ball in the mixer a bit more in the last five or six minutes. A couple of good saves. Sure, they, they were like bad misses. You know, Adam Rooney's in particular and he's like six yards out. You're expecting him just to stick that in the corner. Yeah. But foddering him, no, it was point blank saves for, for close range. He's still got to be there to make them. Aye. He made two good saves in the first half as well, particularly for, for Mackay Stephen. So he deserves a lot of credit. Last night, that was one of his best performances um, for Rangers. Scott, is he now the best keeper in the Scottish Premiership? Because I, I think he's better than Craig Gordon in current form. Craig Gordon, good keeper, talented lad and all the rest of it, but he throws them in sometimes. I know Fodringham's had the odd mistake, but I think he's more consistent overall for me. I'm not sure. I think... Craig Gordon's an international goalkeeper, um, done it at the highest level, played in the Champions League, Europa League. West Fodringham's still got all that to do. I agree Gordon isn't in the best for him uh, at the moment, but where you need to give Gordon credit is since Brendan Rodgers came in, he's... Uh, his ability on the ball has improved a lot. Still not which, as good as Fodringham. No, which Fodringham has in, in, in his locker. So I think Fodringham is probably getting closer. I don't think he's the he's the finished article as a keeper just yet. I think Joe Lewis has to be mentioned as well when you're talking about the you know, the kind of best keepers in Scotland. Yep. He's, that was a horrible. Yeah, but in terms of consistency, Lewis has been great. I know there's been a couple of goals that, that you could maybe you know, kind of pin the blame on him, but... No, overall, no. You think Aberdeen's signings? He's been one of McInnes's best best signings, and as you say, if he's that was a body blow, uh, a double blow for Aberdeen last night, losing the penalty, and with Lewis uh, going off, and he's he's obviously going about for a a wee bit of time now. Because Rangers dominated that game for eighty minutes. Yeah, they were the better team. They were controlling the game. Aberdeen just didn't really lay a glove. I mean, they tried to press. High was it a case that Murty outthought McInnes? I think it's just what we spoke about having better players, yeah. Johnny. And, and Aberdeen, Aber, listen, Aberdeen needed their big players to turn up last night. And I think, apart from, I reckon, apart from Graham Shinney and, and Kenny McLean in the middle of the park, I think are probably their two best players when you, when you really look at it. At the back, I don't think the likes of Considine and O'Connor are good enough. I think um, left-back is a major issue for Aberdeen. And it's I'm surprised that Derek McInnes, and especially in the last year, 18 months, hasn't fixed that problem. Um, Andy Considine is a centre-back who's playing at left-back. Um, and I don't think that, no, nine times out of ten, I don't, I don't think that works. They need a proper left-back. Now, Graham Shinney was signed as Aberdeen's left-back and many people thought he's going to be the left-back for years to come. And he probably could be. But Derek McInnes clearly feels when he plays him at left-back, he loses so much for his engine room in the, in the middle of the park. And that's why he constantly plays him in, in midfield. But they, they need to sign a left-back. I mean, we've spoken before about you know, the Rangers go and get Declan John, for instance, on loan for Cardiff. You know, a signing that... that I think financially probably Aberdeen would be able to would have been able to do, you know, if they'd have got in before before Rangers and you no, know, he would walk into the Aberdeen team at the moment. Um last night he could have I mean Derek McInnes, a few people at the game were saying well there's no other options if he moves Shinny out 
know, what does he do with the midfield? But when I mean, he could, he had Dominic Ball, Carrie Anderson on the bench. And I thought Dominic Ball, when he came on, Did actually okay. added a bit because yeah. that's when the tide turned for Aberdeen in yeah. a way. I mean, people were criticising him because they were saying, oh, you take off Mackay Stephen when you're two goals down. Yeah. But that Don Ball switch, it beefed them up in midfield and allowed them to get the ball to yeah. their danger men. Ball, ball or Anderson could have could have sat in the midfield. Two of them could have sat in midfield yeah. with Kenny McLean or, or Christie ahead of them if, if you'd have put Shinny at left back. Considine had a torrid time against Kandias. He was super, he, he, he was, was unplayable. I mean, his crosses in the first half especially were were unbelievable when I mean, Aberdeen couldn't defend it. With Candace and Tavernier putting crosses in like that, you know, at the game you just thought one of these is going to end up in a goal. They just they couldn't cut out crosses for the for the wide area at all. It's a, it's a nightmare though going against those two because they're clever in the way they dovetail. Yeah. If someone doubles up on Candias, you're just giving so much room for Tavernier. Yeah. They've clearly struck struck up a, a relationship and, and to be honest, Johnny Modern <coughs> modern day football, you don't see too many of those no. relationships now because of a number of things, but mainly managers chopping and changing their team. No players don't get no very rarely that the right back and the right winger is the same every week. But Rangers have have not stumbled across it, but but certainly Taverni and Candace have forged this kind of partnership. I mean, dare I say it's I'm trying to think of kind of famous Rangers partnerships. On that side, the, I suppose the best example is like Gary Stevens and Trevor Stevens That's what I was say, d- d- yeah. down the right hand side. And as you say, two of them are dovetailing brilliantly. And whether it's Taverni or Candias who's who's eventually crossing the ball, these whipped you know, crosses into the box are causing all sorts of problems. And obviously, that's where Rangers get the first uh, the first goal from. We've gone off on a complete tangent, yeah. uh, predictably, but um, I want to go back to the the other players that are making their debuts. We we, we touched on Sean Goss. Jamie Murphy, for me, had a very unspectacular game, but a very impressive game because Rangers have struggled. We've talked about it a lot all season in that left midfield position. But here's a lad that comes in, plays the role intelligently. He was switching with Windass, which I thought gave Aberdeen a few problems. He kept on cutting inside, which I know is a a feature of his play from talking to Motherwell fans, but that gave... um, um, Declan John, a lot of a lot of space down the left, and I thought he played excellently. Yep. He's just a guy, as well with his physicality, you can just rely on. He's going to be in the trenches in the games where it's tough, and he's got a bit of quality when the games are are slightly more uh, in Rangers' favour at Ibrox and things yeah. like that. So he, he, he's going to be quality. I agree. I, th- I think it was a quietly effective debut from. I think there's loads more to come for Jamie Murphy in a productive sense, you no know, going forward, but. What impressed me was, you know, you get a lot of new signings coming to Rangers or any other club. You no, know, their, their first game, they're so desperate to impress. You no, know, they just they try things and you no, know, they're trying to beat two and three men at a time. You know, he, he went into it very calmly. It looked to me, and he just played his way into the game. Uh, it's going to take a while for him and Declan John to build up the same kind of rapport that we're they're talking about between Taverni and. And Candias, and you could see that early on. There was one or two wee examples where you could see the two of them were a wee bit, a wee bit unsure of kind of where to run and who was going to overlap and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I agree. As the game went on, he used the ball very well. He tracked back. You no, know, when Rangers you no know, were under a wee bit of pressure, he was back helping John. He's not the biggest, but he was making tackles and interceptions. So the work rate is there, and he just showed in wee flashes. You no, know, as you say. 
that coming inside, there was one great move in the first half when him and Windass kind of switched, or Windass laid it off and Murphy drove into the middle of the into the middle of the pitch. So the early signs were good. As I say, I think there's a lot more to come in terms of goals and assists for Murphy. He's got a great pedigree. He's coming for a very good level. Uh, he's played in the championship, top end of the championship as well. So I think there's plenty to come, but I think you're right. It was a good, solid 7 out of 10 performance from uh, and that should encourage the, the Rangers punters What about Russell Martin uh, I saw again a few people were saying that they felt they had a sticky start and then grew into the game but I thought he was he was pretty much untroubled he good distribution even though I don't think that's his natural game but he just kept it really really simple looked a steady Eddie and won his individual battle I think he started pretty nervously if I'm honest I think the first kind of 15-20 minutes it was it was very evident. I thought early on that he was that he was getting used to playing with with Bates beside him, with, with Fodringham behind him, and with, with Declan John at, at his side. Um, you need to remember Russell Martin coming for the championship. No, you give the ball back to your keeper in the championship. It's only going one place. <laughs> it's it's getting launched. Aye, it's getting launched. So. There was a couple of times in the first half I watched him, no, he's giving it to Fodringham and he's surprised because Fodringham's giving him it, giving him it straight back no, at an angle. But he's going to get used to no, Rangers playing that way. They're going to have lots of the ball, no, probably more of the ball than, than Norwich would have in a lot of championship games. And the, no, Rangers need to build for the back. The two centre-backs need to be able to play it into, play it into midfield or into the, the full-back. So he's going to need to get used to that. I thought it was a, as I say, I thought it was a kind of nervous start. But again, like Murphy, he grew into the game, showed his experience. I thought the second half he was, he was a lot better. Um, and again, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Of all the signings, Russell Martin's probably the one I was least convinced about, just because. No, I've watched him obviously with Scotland and Norwich. He's no, he was a right. He's a right back essentially, who's who's moved into centre back. He's not the tallest. He's not the greatest near. But one thing you can't dispute is his experience and his leadership qualities. Yeah. You speak to MD at Norwich; they rave about him. No, they were gutted that he, they gutted that he left, even though he wasn't playing. Such was his influence in the in the dressing room. So, I think that's what Marty needed at this particular time, and he's got that. As I say, I don't think he's the greatest centre-back in the world. But for what Rangers need um, in terms of his experience and, and those leadership qualities, I think he'll do, a, he'll do a good job. And finally, the new signings, Jason Cummins, obviously came on for the last 20 minutes, made his debut. Didn't have a lot to do, buzzed about. But I think at that point, Aberdeen were in the ascendancy for the, the only time in the game. Yeah. Because Rangers had obviously gone 2-0 up and they had to go for it. And, and Morelos had ran himself into the ground. Wasn't he happy, that, though, coming off? Point? No. I mean, um, he was seriously unhappy, uh, shaking his head, and then he he was. He, he I think probably because he just felt he felt as if he was he was getting a bit of joy. Yeah. The Aberdeen defenders. I mean, as well as scoring the goal, Morelos, he's missed. Well, he missed a chance in the first half. He missed two. I think guilt edge ones. Yeah. One, one especially, which which was a real bad miss. But he's that type of player, Morelos. I think he's going to be, you no, know, maybe one goal and four chances kind of striker. No. Yeah. So people might say, well, that ratio is no good enough, but if he's still scoring one every game, then no, you, you're laughing. So 
they're making the chances first of all and th- that was always the case with Alan McCoy wasn't yeah. it looking back you know he, he wouldn't care he would end up banging one yeah. in he wouldn't let it get, in, get him down and, and, and also with regards to Cummings no, I, I, no, like Jason Cummings think he'll do a, think he'll score goals at Rangers because no, he's a he's a finisher, he's a he's a poacher, um, and he's also a great character in the in the, for the dressing room, as we all know. Mm. But the key thing for me is that Cummings will now put pressure on Morelos. Yep. I mean, you, you, Morelos would have heard the reception. Cummings got no going out to warm up and then coming on as a sub. No, I don't think Alfredo Morelos has had much competition at all for that striker's. Role. I, mean, I don't think he would have been losing sleep about Eddie Herrera. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, and even Kenny Miller, you know, as we've spoke about, was always getting played at, at a position anyway. Yeah. No. So Morelos has had that central striker role, you no, know, all himself, and obviously he's done. Uh, he's played really well, but with Cummings there, he's now got genuine competition. No, a real, as I say, a real character. No, a real kind of buzz bomb, if you like, who's going to put. Who's going to want to play, um, and I th- I'm sure Cummings will show that in training. So I think that's the cut. The best thing about the Cummings signing, I think, is that you might get even more out of Alfredo Morelos now, which which would be which would be brilliant for Rangers. I think there's been a trend amongst our media colleagues uh, that they've slightly underrated Morelos generally. Um, part of that, I think, is probably down to the fact that he does miss chances. But I, I read the other the other day that here's a guy that he's been converted to be, being a striker in the last couple of years. So he's not been banging in the goals as a striker all his life. So maybe this is part of his development as a striker to, to go through a period where he has to learn about having that absolute cutting edge in front of goal. Yeah. And and at a level at like the Scottish Premier League, he's, he's going to get the Scottish Premiership. He's yeah. going to get the... the the opportunity to do that, yeah, definitely. And no, you need to remember his age. He's only he's only just turned twenty one. Yeah, um, I don't quite get the, the 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 criticism or the doubts about Morelos. I don't think anyone's saying he's a complete striker, and you no know, Rangers are going to sell him for you know, for ten ten million quid in the summer. Um, well, Rangers Rangers have well, let it be known that's, that that's that's just part of the part of the game. Uh, no, he, he's 21 years old. He was a nobody in Scottish football terms. Nobody had heard of him. He's came for Finnish football, not a young Colombian. If you'd have says to any Rangers fan, or if you'd have says to Pedro Cachina, Graham Murty, whoever, this boy by the end of January is going to be the Premiership's top scorer. Uh, I think it's 11 in the league, 13 in total. Um, and bear in mind, he went through a real barren spell. No... Earlier in the season, what was it, 10, 10, 11, 12 games without, without a goal? And he's still top scorer. <coughs> no, ahead of guys, no, like Sinclair, Griffiths, whoever. Um, so, I mean, what, what more do you want for a 21 year old who you've signed for a million a million quid? I mean, he could have he come in and really struggled, struggled to settle, struggled to get into Scottish football, might not have been adept at playing the lone striker role. He's taken all of that on and uh, Despite the fact he does miss chances, he gets into great positions, um, and I think he's shown that, that that he can finish. And as I say, even if it is at the moment, you no know, one in four conversion rate, that's going to improve with games and you no know, his own his own development. So I, 
Rangers fans have to be happy with his uh, his contribution so far. Two other performances that I want to touch on from last night that I thought were particularly impressive. The first one, David Bates, who for me is developing into a fine young centre half, and Rangers should be thinking about seriously thinking about snapping him up on a longer term deal. I know that that's in the offing. Hopefully that'll get sorted out. I know there's been mooted interest from Championship clubs. But I thought he was really calm, snapped into tackles, and a guy who just loves to defend, to do the hard stuff. He reminds me a lot about Davy Weir, to be honest. Uh, obviously, nowhere near in the same ballpark yeah. as Davy Weir yet. But but I, ironically, it was Davy Weir that, that spotted him at Wraith Rovers. That's right, yeah. It was him that put the kind of put the move, uh, put the move together to get him to to get him to Rangers. I, th- I think the the thing that's similar about the two of them is that they just both seem to love defending in the same yeah. way. Say, an Ali McCoy loved scoring goals. Bates yeah. just strikes me as again a guy that just loves. Getting a hold of someone, putting a block in, putting a tackle in. And I think that's why Graham Murty likes him. I think Graham Murty was looking at those centre-backs and he's seen Alves, Cardozo, Danny Wilson and all guys who like to play for the back. No, who like to build attacks and no, ping along passes and stuff like that. David Bates isn't like that at all. No, as you say, he's an out-and-out defender. I have to hold my hands up. The first couple of times I watched him play, I thought I wasn't convinced. And it was probably because of the distribution. Yeah. Didn't look comfortable in the ball. The way Rangers play, like I'm talking about with Russell Martin, he didn't look comfortable taking the ball off the keeper on the edge of his own box and playing it into midfield and stuff. I thought, God, this boy, it's not going to work for me. He's not going to be part of this. But credit to him, he's stuck in there. He had a bad injury at the start of the season. He's fought his way back, straight back into Murty's plans uh, when he when he got the job. And I thought last night was probably his best performance, to be honest. I thought he didn't put a foot wrong. Um, he played it in terms of the distribution. He kept it simple. Um, he cleared his lines when he had to. Um, but I think in terms of pure defending, I thought last night was probably his best. Up against, let's be honest, on their day, you know, a really good attacking four for Aberdeen you think guys like you know, McLean and Christie are running at him as well as Rooney up front and the, the two wide men so in terms of his contract Rangers are still speaking to him I'd be amazed if Rangers can't tie him down he's he's a Rangers fan who's living the dream having come for, for Wraith Rovers um, as, a, as a young boy um, that maybe accounts as well for his distribution because at Wraith, even as a youngster coming through, exactly. you're not taking the ball and strolling out of the, no, out of the pitch at exactly. Starks Park and picking a pass. That's you're it. Ma- it, ma- maybe, it does ha- maybe it does have in his locker. Maybe he has more of that in his locker that we've just no, we've just no seen yet. So um, I, I, I can't imagine David Bates or his advisors would be too difficult to deal with. Um, I mean, I'd, li- I'd like to think as a young boy who's, you know, they clearly rate or Murty clearly rates, he would be saying to himself, I've got a real chance here. Um, I'm going to be a Rangers centre-half for a few years to come. So I, I would like to think they would get that deal, you know, get him tied up in a longer contract pretty soon. So having discussed David Bates, moving on to the other guy that I wanted to bring up was uh, Jason Holt, who sponsors Man of the Match last night, and I thought just generally gave a level of performance that was way above what you would expect from what people regard as a journeyman midfielder. I think he's established himself as a as a, as a fine Scottish Premiership player and, and someone who's capable of coming in and doing a job for Rangers at this level quite comfortably. Buzzed about the pitch, got stuck in, reinvented himself from this 
a more attacking player, almost like a number 10 under Mark Warburton, to be in this uh, number six who gets stuck in, puts his foot in, wins the ball, goes all over the pitch and, and really puts in a shift for his teammates. What was your take? I thought he was excellent, Johnny, as as he has been um, for most of his time at Rangers, I think. He's a real... I think Jason Holt's a real unsung hero, um, even though I think the fans now do appreciate his, his value to the to the squad. Um Graham Murray's obviously signed a few midfielders already. I think with Greg Docherty coming in, he'll have, uh, I reckon it'll be 10, no, 10 central midfielders at, at his disposal if everyone's fit. So maybe a few people, I've seen a couple of comments you know, on social media and stuff saying, oh, maybe you know, it's time to get rid of a few, Nico Cranshaw, Jason Holt. And I just didn't understand where the Holt thing came from because as a squad player, uh, and as a guy in the dressing room, I, there's just no one you'd want, no one you'd want more. Um, I think for that for that role, I thought it was fitting last night. I know there's a lot of guys out, but it was fitting that he got uh, got the armband, um, and he put in another terrific performance. Um, Juicy got about the pitch. His energy levels are incredible. Uh, I remember Mark Warburton speaking. About Jason when he was uh, when he was manager, saying that he's in terms of distance covered during games, it was it was Premier League level. I mean, they, they tested it against everything, and it was proper high end Premier League levels. So that's the type of player Rangers have got, and they got him for virtually nothing. I think the fee was like sixty five grand. He's still only twenty four years of age, which is remarkable considering it, it. It feels like he's been around for for so long. And you're right, I think he's really adaptable. I think you could ask Jason Holt pretty much to go anywhere on the pitch and he would do a job for you. But when I first uh, when I first watched him as a young kid at Hearts, he actually was a, a kind of number six and that, that kind of, almost Barry Ferguson kind of role. But he was more, he was a sitting midfielder, but he was more of a passer and you know, trying to control the game. Whereas I think he's turned into a, no. He did go through that wee spell under Warburton where he was played further forward. I think Warburton had watched him at Sheffield United where he was on loan. And Nigel Clough had played him in that advanced role and he actually did really well. Got a few goals at Sheffield United. But he's now took a step back again, but not as a as a passing sitter, just as an all-action, box-to-box midfielder. Um, who, as I say, gets around that pitch, hassles and harries opposition doesn't give them a minute's peace um no he clearly lacks a bit of physicality no if he's up against big bruisers in mid in midfield he might struggle a wee bit but in terms of uh, his heart and his desire um he's he was certainly one of rangers best performers last night if not the best and i think going forward even when other midfielders are fit i'm not saying jason holt is a certain starter when you get guys like like McCrory and Dorans or or Ross or or, or Dryan Jack, whoever. But no, in terms of being a squad player, you would have them every day of the week. And we're talking earlier, no, but Rangers and better players in Aberdeen. I can bet your bottom dollar if Derek McInnes thought he could have if Jason Holt and his squad, he would take him in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've waxed lyrical pretty much about Rangers' performance, completely deserved last night. <coughs> but we've seen Graham Murty's reign characterised by. Two step forwards, one step back. 
How important is this game on Sunday against Ross County for the lads there to prove that they understand what it means yeah. to be a Rangers player? And it's not just doing it against the Aberdeens, against the Hearts, against the Celtics. It's taking care of those teams at the bottom end of the league yeah, week it, in, week out. It's vital because, listen, we're sitting here eulogising about Rangers' performance, but we did it before oh, with the two Aberdeen victories. They've had the draw at Celtic Park. They had a great win, <coughs> excuse me, in Murty's first game at Murrayfield against Hearts away. They went to Hibs, albeit not a great performance, but ground out a, you know, a crucial victory. We have seen this before from Murty in, in this Rangers team, and they normally... Uh, they normally mess it up basically mm. against one of the lesser lights in the in the division. Off the top of my head, Hamilton and St Johnson at home, Kilmarnock and Dundee away. No four games against teams they should have been. And games that if they'd won or got well, in, even a draw in, this is then the thing. You're, you're you're right in the championship mix. E- even win two of them, no, win two of them, or win one draw two of them. Just to, if you no if you da. No, garnered another no, f- four points for them, four or six points. It would just have got you that bit clearer in second and, and obviously closer to Celtic. And I, th- I think deep down that will still be a real frustration in Murty. Um, so Ross County game on Sunday. Ross County are bottom of the league. They've not won a game in 11. Um, they obviously lost to Motherwell the other night. No one coils struggling. I thought it would have done... I thought they would have done well under under Coyle and Sandy Stewart, but they've not really had He's that. under a lot of pressure yeah. because his managerial <coughs> career has gone in a, an unbelievable nosedive. Yeah, dive. exactly. If he doesn't turn this around, then what's his next move? I exactly. Mean, it's very hard to see him back at a yeah, big club. And, and people actually thought, well, quite rightly, they thought Ross County had uh, pulled off a bit of a coup by getting him because, as you say, despite uh, a few bad experiences down the road, no, it wasn't that long ago he was managing uh, in the Premier League and stuff, so it seemed like a good appointment at the time, but there's just no been that uh, there's no been that bounce uh, for, for Ross County. So they're toiling big time and Rangers need to need to really take advantage of that. And I don't listen, Graham Murty would take the three points just now, no, however it, it comes along. But I think for Rangers to go and follow up that one over Aberdeen with the new signings to keep the momentum going. No, they don't just need to win in Dingwall. I think they need to go and win pretty pretty convincingly and put in a put in a good performance and then put a run together. I mean, we we spoke about it so often. Or we spoke about it so often this season about their inability to put a run together. It went so long, of course, with the the, the three victories in the in the trot. Um, Rangers need to go on a on a sustained run of victories now, um, and it's not about going and trying to catch Celtic. It's about making a statement. It's about saying, no, we've made a statement in January by signing better players who are going to improve the first team. Our squad is healthier, stronger than it's been at any point in the last couple of years, and we're going to show that by by going and finishing clear second in this in this league. Uh, I've done a very, very poor segue by bringing up Ross County there because I need to now bring you back to Derek, Derek McInnes because I did promise at the start of this show that we were going to assess whether or not our uh, f- favouring of Derek McInnes for the Rangers position is now in retrospect wrong. For me, I did think that he was the right man for the job um, but there is no doubt that he's lost three games now 
against the Rangers youth coach. Now, I know that Rangers have a lot more money to spend and, and, and as we've already discussed, better players, but it's also the performances, pretty dismal stuff from Aberdeen. They've not really, across the three game, games, laid a glove. Yeah, you can't get away from that. Derek McInnes can't get away from that. Um, as well as losing five of the last six games against Rangers, he's lost nine on the spin against Celtic, so... He won't be happy with that. He'll know it's no, it's no good enough. Um, and does but, he start to have regrets? Well, I mean, this is a big thing. I, I don't think Derek McInnes is the type of guy who who will have regrets. And he made that decision not to not to take the Rangers' job f- for good reason. No, I've no doubt about that. I've no doubt. I've no doubt he was he wanted that job desperately. Um, and initially, when Rangers made their interest known, I've no doubt Derek McInnes thought he would be the next Rangers manager. As I say, something wasn't right in the negotiations. We've heard so many stories you know, about who knows whether they're true, you know, was it that he, that he wanted Louis Moult you know, or John McGinn signed in January for Rangers? You know, that was seemingly the two or two of the guys that he wanted to, to come in and Rangers, Rangers couldn't promise couldn't promise that. Who knows, but he felt something behind the scenes wasn't right. And it must have been something big, you know, for a guy who actually wanted the job to eventually eventually turn it down. I wouldn't say regrets, but I think watching Derek in the press conference last night, he was very downbeat after that. Um, I actually expected him to come in, Johnny, last night and try and put a brave face on it by saying Wes Fodingham's kept Rangers in the game. At 2-0 down, we were still in it. No, we missed a great chance in the first half. I thought he would have actually tried to talk them up, but he didn't. Mm. He was actually... He was resigned to the fact that Rangers were the better team and deserved the three points. Um, and that must have that must have hurt him, because he obviously he's going into that game picking a team after a good uh, after a good wee run, thinking that they were, uh, they were going to win it uh, after two defeats against Rangers. So part of me did think last night, no, what, what, what's going through his mind? Is he, is he thinking, God, as much as I wasn't happy with the terms at Rangers or, or what was going on behind the scenes, no, should I just jump? Should I jumped at it? No, and dealt with that once I was actually in the in the in the hot seat because clearly, as we've spoke about, no, Aberdeen's resources won't allow them to go and get a Russell Martin or a or a Jamie Murphy. Um, so if Rangers are going out to sign better players. And they've already got a decent squad. It's it's difficult for Derek McInnes to to compete while he's while he's Aberdeen manager. So the guy that we mentioned earlier was Owen Coyle, and I just wonder if the spectre is now going to hang over Derek McInnes in the same way that Owen Coyle turning down Celtic has hung over him. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, people say that was the key moment in Owen Coyle's career. No, it was after Celtic. It was after he knocked back Celtic. They went on to achieve. Great things at Burnley in, in particular. So at that time, he would have probably said, No, he had no regrets whatsoever. Yeah. But when you look at his obviously how his careers went since, um, you have to wonder would Owen Coyle have been better served taking the job, no, the job he's dreams really, the same as Derek McInnes with, well, with Rangers? That's the question, isn't it? Do you get two bites at the cherry? It's very, very unusual for that to be the case. It is very rare. Um, it is very rare. I, I wouldn't totally rule it out. With Derek McInnes, I don't know what, 
don't really know why I'm I'm saying that because certainly obviously there's there's a there's a bit of ill feeling now, you know, for the for the punters towards them because did you get a sense of that at the game last night? Because I was up at Ibrox doing vox pops for the the, the paper and uh, the, the website obviously yesterday, and I have to say I was very surprised. The fans were the mood was why would we boo him? You know, yeah. he's, he was a nine in a row legend. Um, it's not been great that he's he's turned down the opportunity, but we won't hold it against him. At the end of the day, he yeah. always pulled a shift, and he's always been respectful to this club. That's so. right, and, and I think Johnny, most uh, most fans like I've just I've just said realise that, that no, Derek McInnes didn't turn that job down lightly. No, yeah. he, he wanted to go to Rangers, but there was something that happened, or something so big that he felt um, was good enough reason to to say no, and he would have. Well, that was a huge decision for him in his career and his life. Um, so as I say, he didn't he didn't take it lightly, and that's why I don't think he will have any regrets. I just think in the aftermath of last night when he was sitting there, you know, looking so downbeat after a you know, a poor Aberdeen performance, it might just have crossed his mind. You know, should have just taken the taken the plunge there because. It's going to be tough for them now. I know it's I know it's only goal difference. Rangers are second, and, and to be fair to Aberdeen, they've proved they're uh, certainly adept at beating everybody else yeah. in the league. That's why they've they've finished so high up uh, in the last few seasons. So he'll feel as if they can go on another another run. But yeah, maybe maybe there was a tiny bit of of what if just as he was as he was, he was going there. away to Tony Docherty's miserable birthday party <laughs> as he was sitting there last <laughs> night was that why he had the, he had the gear on now the, possibly the clothes, yeah, he was, he was straight out to the nightclub ah, um, going to the transfer window obviously by the time this goes out uh, Docherty will probably be announced yeah. but um, assuming that goes through without any hitches as we expect what kind of a player are Rangers getting there and where do you see him fitting into this side in terms of fitting in, he'll just go into a, you know, this pool of, of central midfielders that we're talking about and he'll have to... The ma- ever-burgeoning <coughs> pool, massive pool. He's going to need to fight and scrap for his uh, for a place in there. But listen, having watched Greg Dockett, that's one thing that won't phase him is, is fighting and scrapping for a for a place. Um, <coughs> similar to Jason Holt, great energy, gets about the pitch, more physical than Holt. Yeah. Um, Probably likes to get forward more than more than Jason Holt. Um, watched a, watched some clips of him online. Obviously, I don't see every every game Hamilton play, but watched some clips last night, and a lot of his best stuff actually came from the right hand side. You know, he was finding himself in that kind of inside right position, driving it at defenders or drive, could, driving it at the fullback. That could cause a lot of problems with. Uh the space created by the, the guys that are on the Rangers, yeah, right? Yeah, um, well, that's they, the thing. Because they, they, they vacate space in that area. Yeah, and also Graham Murty might you know, see him as, you no know, in games that we're talking about, maybe a way to put Audrey, a way to Tynecastle, you know, without being disrespectful to Candias, Yeah, you might just feel as if Dockett is a more solid option. You know, if he just wants somebody to get up and down the line, you know, maybe a wee bit more. Uh, and look, listen, Candias. He's got a good work ethic, he tracks back and stuff. But just in terms of being compact in yeah. midfield, he might just look at physically Dock. imposing. Yeah, he might just look at Doc and think I can also play him, play him on the right side. But uh, listen, he's, he's a young player, uh, huge potential, and uh, as another, he's added another Rangers, you no know, kind of boyhood Rangers fan to the to the squad. Is that, uh, how important is that? Do you think? 
you see with Barry Ferguson when he I talks th- about it. I he think talks it's about crucial. I think it's crucial. You, you need to have you need to have at least three or four in that in that dressing room. Rangers have probably probably got more than that now, um, and that's why uh, I thought they should have went for Stephen Naismith as well um, for for that reason. But you think you're bringing Andy Halliday back? Um, we spoke about David Bates. Um, Ross McCrory's in Ross there. Ross McCrory, Ryan Jack, boyhood Rangers fan. So there's a few in Doherty's in Alfredo there. Alfredo Morelos. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so Doherty's going to be in there as well. And at that age, we said that, uh, we said that with Morelos in, in the summer, we can actually say it with more kind of certainty about Doherty because we've, we've seen him play and we know what he's all about. But it's the perfect signing in terms of bringing them in young for uh, you know, for a reasonable price in the hope that they prosper and they shine for Rangers and in a couple of years no, let, let's not beat about the bush Rangers similar to what Celtic have done in the last couple of years the idea has to be to get these guys in young as I say for a relatively uh, low price in the hope that they really they really prosper and in a few years you can sell them on for a, a healthy profit. Well, one guy that Rangers did that with rather spectacularly was Danny Wilson back when he was a, a youngster sent yeah. him on to Liverpool. Now, the, the chat is that Danny Wilson is stalling on a new deal and there's a lot of distance between what the club are offering and what Danny Wilson values himself at and that there's a potential for him to not just leave but leave in this window. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I'm surprised, Johnny, um, firstly because we we spoke to Danny Wilson just before uh, going to Florida mm. for the, the winter break and he was absolutely adamant that he, he had no interest in going anywhere else. He wanted to extend his stay at Rangers. Uh, he pretty much said it was the happiest he'd been in a long time. Graham Murty had given him the armband for a couple of games. He was Rangers captain. He was terrific in the old firm game that had just been before. I was absolutely convinced that there would have been no problems in uh, getting Danny Wilson on a longer, a longer term deal. Um, I'm a big fan of his as a player. I know he's taken a bit of stick. I know he's you no know, quite often he's not hit the heights that I think he, he could hit. But when I see him at his best, like he was that day at Celtic Park. I look at him and think, God, Scotland-wise, we've been crying out for centre-backs. I've got, I've got a theory about Danny Wilson, mate, which is I, I think he was born in the wrong country. If Danny Wilson was playing in Spain or Italy, I think he'd be a lot more, uh, he, he'd be a lot more admired. Yeah. Because he's not the strongest in the air, no, and he's not the most physically robust. He yeah. is obviously a big physical unit, yeah. but in terms of the the, the grind of Scottish football. He's not that kind of player. He's not the Bruno Alves, yeah. head everything out, big man mountain. Yeah. And what he is what he is very, very good at is bringing the ball out. He's yeah. very calm, very composed. And when he was 17, he reminded me a lot of Alan Hansen. I thought, yeah. this boy, is, he's got everything. Yeah. Uh, and I just feel that in the hurly-burly of our game, sometimes his talent is um, is not best represented. Yeah, I think, I think there's a bit of that, yeah. I think... He's got everything in his game, I think. He, even though you're saying about the maybe a lack of physicality, I think when he's really on it. No, there was a few times, even as a teenager when he came in, he was really solid beside Davy Weir. No, and he wasn't afraid to 
he might not be the best in there, but he wasn't afraid to get into a, get into a battle. And I think um, he's only shown that, he's not shown that often enough since yeah. he's come back to Rangers. That's been the problem. A lot of the time he's been in and out of the team. But I just feel at this time, he's actually you know, got himself into, or he had got himself into a, into a rhythm. Murty had brought him back after Kashinia had had uh, binned him, basically. Um, and I thought, this is Danny Wilson's time. I think he's only 26 still. Um, but my, my, my issue with the, the contract situation is, with Danny Wilson saying that, you know, that he wants to stay and you know, he was happy at Rangers, he just wanted to get it get it done, I'm so surprised that it's, that it's got to this point. And... No, you just wonder about Danny Wilson's career. No, that Liverpool move came up at a very early stage, and as much as it's the bright lights of the Premier League, and it would have been hard to turn down financially, you know, it probably made him uh, that deal going to Liverpool. I think it was like two two and a half million, whatever it was. I think it was one of these ones where it was add-ons up to five million, but I mean Rangers would never go anywhere near no. it because he didn't play. And that's the thing, but it, but it nearly. Well, it's a strong word, but I mean, it nearly ruined him because yep. he found himself no, no, so far out of the picture at Liverpool. Um, I don't think he went out on loan anywhere. He was just you know, dwindling away, basically, and had to fight his way, fight his way back you know, by going to by going to Hearts and the and the Scottish Championship. Remember, yeah, you know, going for Liverpool, you know, back to that level, played really well, won the title with Hearts to get them back, back to the top flight. And gets the move to Rangers again, or gets that second chance. And now, when he just starts to play well, and he looks like you no know, the guy, the defender that that we all think he can be, this this has come up fr- from nowhere. And you no know, talking going to the MLS and stuff. I'm sorry, but at 26 years old, you've got plenty of time to go to the go to the MLS. I know guys. I think his go- wife's American. Is that right? I that's didn't, what I've, that's I didn't what I've know heard. That. Didn't know that, but. Well, for his career, I think it's important. Listen, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know whether Danny Wilson and his representatives are demanding too much. I don't know if Rangers aren't aren't prepared to give him uh, or aren't giving him what what he's worth. I don't know where the the problem lies, but it's clearly reached like an impasse now. And I think it would be a real shame for Rangers and for Scotland if Danny Wilson was to go and, go and disappear in, in America. I agree with everything you've just said, but I think Rangers need to have four centre-halves. Two of them should be Bates and McCrory, because need to get into the habit of bringing through these young lads. Correct. I mean, and they need to be given game time. So it's a question of who are the other two centre-halves going to be. One of them's clearly going to be Russell Martin, because he's just been signed, which means he's a space for either Bruno Alves, Danny Wilson or Fabio Cardoso, and I think the other two need to be shipped out. Yeah. So it's one for those three. I wonder now if it's actually going to be Cardoso. He's brought in on as a sub last night. Uh, you've got Alves. I know that there's a deal's falling through with the Italian club that I can't pronounce, so I'm not even going to try. I still would expect him to leave by the end of the, the window, personally. Um, so I, I think Rangers focus on having the four, and, and for me, it should be those three plus A and other. Yeah, uh, well... That's if you're including Ross McCrory as a centre-back, which, I, which I'm not. Well, I, th- I like the idea of having him as a spare who can play at an either either yeah. position, you know, I, just I, to get a maximum game time. Yeah, I, but I think McCrory... I'm, listen, I might be wrong. It's only my opinion. I, I think he's... 
I think he's kind of nailed down that position as as midfield anchor uh, and I think that's where he's uh, ultimately where his career will will progress. So if you take him out of the equation and also take Alves out of the equation, which I think you have to, I mean, I don't think you'll see Bruno Alves in a Rangers shirt again. I think if he was fit, he'd have been gone by now. I think that's the only reason why a team can't take him. He's definitely injured, Scott, isn't he? Yeah, listen, Graham Graham Murty says... It's a proper tear of the, of the calf. It's a so, serious, serious yeah, injury. So he was going about for weeks. Anyway, I think that's why the deal Italy hasn't gone through. I don't know. Rangers, I think Graham Murty and Rangers will probably be a bit gutted about that because they'd have been looking to get him off the wage bill in January, let's let's be honest. Um, and the injury has prevented that from, from happening. But if you take Alves out of the equation and regard McCrory as a midfielder, then your four centre-backs are... Bates, Wilson, Cardozo and Martin. Um, so, as I say, I would have kept Danny Wilson. Uh, and I know a lot of people disagree with it. I know, I know Rangers fans who don't rate him, don't think he's fulfilled the potential, think he is a bit, like you say, maybe a bit, bit powder puff when it comes to you know, the, real, the real battles, the real tough games. But on a personal level, I think at 26, Graham Murty could have got no, the real best years out of Danny Wilson and as I said it'll be a shame if he, if he goes I'm going to draw a line under this Scott because we've been prattling on for a while but Mark Allen and this transfer window it's been his first crack at it and you have to say on the balance for me very impressive what's your take? It's been impressive in terms of the guys that they've brought in Johnny but and I don't and the it, guys they've took they've Taken out. Yeah, yeah, if you think well getting Pena out the door is a, a major major coup. Um but without what to take any credit away from Mark Allen and I don't I just wonder how many of them were actually Mark Allen signings. No, I think of well take Russell Martin for instance. No, I don't think that would have been particularly I don't think Mark Allen's went in his black book and Is that not one of these ones where t- together? Well, Graham Murty knew him from, from Norwich, Aye. so that, that that's the link there you know, with, with Russell Martin and Stephen Naismith, who, who we know Graham Murty spoke to. Um, granted, Sean Goss, for instance, strikes me as a Mark Allen. Declan signing. John. And Declan John, definitely. Both those have looked pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they, they've been good. Uh, Goss, in particular, no, I'm assuming that, that Mark Allen knew the boy from his time in Manchester even though it was Man City was at, I'm sure he would know the young players at, at Man United, you know, players in that, that area, and would have watched their, their careers develop. So that one looks like a real a real good one. But the other ones, you know, the Scottish ones, like you know, like Cummings, like Greg Doherty, I mean, with all due respect to Mark Allen, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to work out <coughs> that these guys would be would be good signings. I mean, Graham Murtick... It was beyond Pedro Cushino, though. Well, it was... Uh, so that's where I suppose he does need to get yeah. a wee bit of, a wee bit of credit. But Graham Murty could have came to us and asked about you know, Greg Doherty and Jason Cummings, and I'm sure we would have said, "No, go for it." So I'm not, as I say, I'm not taking any credit away. I think overall the window looks really good. Um, people have maybe questioned because it's loans, but no, it's loans for a reason because Graham Murty's only got a six month contract remember to the end of the to the end of the season so yeah. that 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 seems like a wise move um and i think listen it's going to take mark allen time he's put this new scouting network in place 
um, you know, John Brown and the rest of the you know, the rest of the guys that, that were unveiled. That's gonna take time uh, to come to fruition in terms of them putting putting lists and databases and stuff together. But you would hope you would or I would certainly hope that you know, the role of a director of football wouldn't be to go out and get guys who are on your doorstep who you see every week and you know their qualities. It's about going finding another Alfredo Morelos, for instance, going scouring Europe, Scandinavia, you no, know, wherever, and finding guys, as we've said before, for a low low price that you can maybe look to develop and, and sell on in the future. Okay, that's all from us, Scott. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane and Scott is at Scott McDermott 8. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. of desire.